can't believe the number of people. I can't believe how loved my daughter was. Some of you might remember the old TV show. It's probably the older ones of us that remember. I remember Mama. Well, I remember Heather. And she's someplace in this building right now looking down at us. The day she was born, who was this special angel God let me know? I asked myself the night she went to join him. She was my firstborn child with big black eyes and minimal peach fuzz for hair. She always had the biggest grin on her face. I remember her first words taught to her by her great-grandmother, Nanny Margaret. Her word was bowed. She said it with a slight Brooklyn accent. How this Nanny Margaret used to love to rock her grandbabies. I remember Heather's first steps walking alone. We were on the beach in Avalon, and she didn't like the sand on her knees, so she just stood up, solved the problem, and started walking, toddling to her pop-pop for some more juice. She was on the move from then on in. She's the only baby I knew that could fall asleep standing up on a bookshelf or behind the bathroom door so you couldn't get in and pee in our only bathroom, blocking anyone from entering. The next thing, she was off to St. Thomas Nursery School and my first mom's carpool. Not soccer mom, nursery school. She was an angel in the nursery school Christmas pageant, all dressed in white as the first chicken pox started popping out. Her good friend Willie, who she shared the rocking horse with, gave her an early Christmas present. And then Brother Bill started the next day. She used to love the hobby horse with Will, but not the chicken pox. We then moved to a bigger house in Winmore, and there, we had loads of kids, 50 kids on the block. A new school where she met loads of new friends. It was dress-ups with Ellen, wherever you are out here. It was marathon parties with Barbie dolls with Shari and piano lessons with Ellen's mother. Heather's class was the only one to have a solid stainless steel hamster cage. It seemed that there was a cage crisis, so Grandpa Campbell made them a special cage. He was always there to solve any kind of mechanical problem. The kids had so much fun at the Campbell's cabin on Hilltop Circle when they were little, loved the snowy mountains, playing in the creek, and with Grandmom and Grandpop's two dogs, Tony and Tara. Next, it was on to brownies, Girl Scouts, field hockey, lacrosse at Enfield. Then we moved again to Upper Dublin, all new team of mates and an addition of track to the sports agenda. Heather's first job was when she was about 14. She and Kim Hall, who, raise your hand, Kim. Are you here? I see you right there. They would bike 14 miles round trip, each, or 14 miles each way, to Plymouth Swim Club to flip burgers at the swim club snack bar. I remember the wonderful time she had with her friends in The Sound of Music, playing Louisa and Lauren playing Brigida. Then she sang Adelaide's Lament from Guys and Dolls. This quiet girl that you knew at times came alive when she was on the stage. 
I'm going to add another funny story to this. My mother took her granddaughters and left her daughters at home. She took them on a cruise. Heather signed up for a talent show. And my mother said to her, how can you do this? How, how can you sing in front of all these people? She said, oh, my mom always sat down in front and I'd smile at her as I sang. So she's performing and my mother's sitting there waiting for her to smile at her. And she's singing, I light up my life. You light up my life to some guy in the back of the ship. <laughs> that was Heather. About this time in life, we started to notice that those two-legged creatures called boys and how cute they were. There were sweet 16s, skating parties, proms, and then before you knew it, graduation. I, rem- I told you about the cruise to, to Bermuda where she sang, but she took, my mom took Lynn, Dawn, and Heather, and they all waved goodbye as Margaret and I stood in the driveway wondering, Why couldn't you have packed us in your suitcases? Heather loved music and had so many terrific and tender moments playing the beautiful piano her grandmom Campbell bought her. She would play so many fun songs for my father. He'd be lying on the couch and he would just tell her which ones to play, some of which share today. If any of you have seen the movie, The Greatest Showman, the, the song... This is me, reminds me so much of who she really was. So, many of us do not know really, wait a minute, I'm a little confused here, get to know, to show the world the true us, and we should. I think of her, and I play this song constantly on my radio. This is me. She had a wonderful four years at Lafayette, and after being graduated, she had her first job and her first apartment. Next was her wedding, her new home, and then along came Wyatt, the cutest little guy. I do remember so very vividly standing outside the maternity delivery room waiting to hear the first cry of our first grandbaby. Two years later, Blizzard Lindsay was born. Wyatt was just a little guy, and he and I were trying to drop clean out the driveway so we could get to the hospital so he could see his new sister. And, and when we got there, this little baby was on the bed, and I don't know where the poor mother was, but Wyatt got up and laid right down next to Lindsay. I cherished the little red wagon Santa brought us. It was Mimi and Pop's taxi to take the kids to Moran's bait shop for donuts so we could let Mom and Dad sleep in. The years flew by, and before I knew it, my firstborn was turning 50 years old. She and I had an amazing cruise to Canada and the New England coast to celebrate. These memories of this amazing woman, both my daughter and my grandchildren's mother, who always gave so much to all she knew, to all she knew, helped to me survive the sadness of losing her. But she so loves Jesus and is with him now. I am so happy that her faith was such a support and foundation in her life. I love you so much, Ruby Begonia. Thank you. Good morning. Um, that was a wonderful tribute. Thank you. And it really was neat to hear Heather's childhood because that's a part I didn't know about her as much. 
For those who don't know me, uh, my name is Stacy Weisty Michael, and it is my honor to be here to share in the celebration of Heather. I hope that I can fully represent the many facets of who Heather was in so many of our lives. She was so talented and beautiful, giving and loved. I used to tell her that she shined her light from within, and at one point I even had Christian songwriter Ken Medema compose a song about her and her inner shining light, which will be easy to see through the pictures that go along with my tribute. I've gathered a lot of pictures together to share as I speak, and I hope they do justice to the remarkable person that Heather was. My relationship with Heather has spanned many years, starting in the early 1980s when I played against her in field hockey and lacrosse. I played for Upper Moreland, and she played for Upper Dublin, and my memory of her then was how incredibly gifted she was athletically. Friends of Heather from high school remember her as friendly, pretty, smart, and athletic. She had it all going on. Teammate and fellow lacrosse mom, Carolyn Hales Templeton, is here today, shared a, that, a, that a group of ladies who were a couple years behind her in school were recently talking about Heather and mentioned how they used to idolize her. She was a true leader and inspiration on and off the field at Upper Dublin. My journey with Heather shifted from competitor to teammate myself when we both ended up at Lafayette College playing lacrosse and field hockey together. Again, Heather was incredible on the field, playing varsity beginning freshman year. She was so well-liked by our teammates and was probably one of the most popular girls in the entire graduating class. She was also an avid member of her sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma, and her dear friend and sister, Kate Devilbiss Wegline, who is here today from Maryland, shares, while Heather always put academics first, she also loved to party and have a good time. She was first vice president of Kappa, and they enjoyed living in the Kappa house during senior year. They went to St. Thomas together for spring break that year and had a great time together, as always. Heather always worked hard at whatever she put her mind to and was successful in all her endeavors. Throughout her life, Heather continued to be a diehard Lafayette pard or leopard fan. I lost contact with Heather for many years after we graduated from Lafayette in 1987. Although I was not a part of her life again until 2006 when we reconnected as Maple Glen Elementary School moms, I feel like I have a pretty decent sense of her through those younger adult years. Heather, being the very open sharer that she was, has told me many stories about her life experiences in her very animated way. She would entertain me with the who's who of Upper Dublin and the many different connections and memories she had with this community. She loved to tell a good story. She had an amazing memory. Um, one story she shared was how she started her career working at a bank where her dad, Bill, was an executive. Um, so when she had to interview, instead of interviewing with dad to avoid being accused of nepotism, she inter was interviewed by his colleague, Beverly. Well, little did they know that Beverly would later become family for Heather and Bill. Eventually, Heather married Bruce and helped him build his very successful business, working hard while simultaneously raising her two wonderful children, Wyatt and Lindsay. 
who were the true loves of her life. She returned to her beloved Upper Dublin community and joined the special neighborhood of Carpenter Lane. And she would say, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> uh, friend and cherished neighbor Kim Watson, also here today, shares this about those days. Heather was so much fun and so talented. She's in the middle there. Our kids would play around the cul-de-sac all the time while we would just chat away. Trick-or-treating every year, caroling. You couldn't ask for a better neighbor. And to be able to also call her friend was such an added blessing. Heather was also very active in their church at that time, St. Thomas Episcopal Church in White Marsh, where she taught Sunday school and organized vacation Bible school. Well, my daughters were lucky enough to attend Heather's Bible school one summer with their best bud, Lynn's. And that's Heather in the purple wig. She was like a mad scientist or something. <laughs> um, Heather was incredibly creative and animated, and she made learning about the Bible fun for all ages. Um, and she also really um, helped us here at Upper Dublin Lutheran get a lot of great people like Andrew and Susan and um, members of St. Thomas that when she came here followed her. And what a gift to our congregation. In 2009... Heather and Lindsay visited here at Upper Dublin Lutheran so Lindsay could check out Sunday school with Allie in fourth grade. Heather fell in love with this church and its vibrant congregation, as you can see. These are our pastors. And many opportunities to shine. She had such a strong faith, and her spiritual self was rejuvenated here as she became involved in Sunday school and Bible studies. ASP, traveling to Africa, beer and carols. And one of her favorite ministries, Chosen 300, during which Heather would shine when she delivered her message to the homeless in Philadelphia, often incorporating her musical talent. She so loved playing the piano and singing, especially with Andrew. Although my time here at Upper Dublin started long before Heather's did, she put herself out there so enthusiastically that I think for a good long while, many people just thought of me as her friend visiting here. <laughs> and they just, they only knew me if I was with her. <laughs> so I see Heather everywhere I look here. Here on stage where she was Mary Magdalene, she was very theatrical. Um, in the Sunday school classrooms where we taught together, and she would lead us in prayer centers, um, and e including her talented yoga poses, which the kids really love that yoga. Um, together, Heather and I also slept overnight here uh, every August uh, to help with the emergency shelter for families experiencing homelessness. And it, we felt it got a little creepy overnight when we would be in the classroom sleeping on the air mattresses, but it was... It was really uh, meaningful. Uh, we saw our kids get confirmed together, and we spent countless Sundays together at the summer outdoor worship service, which we both loved. And of course, for many of the UDLC women, many are here, we remember Heather at the women's retreat each January, shining in her sharing and support of others, as well as thoroughly enjoying the fellowship of remarkable women. Heather was also very giving herself in the local community, 
She was involved in her kids' activities and often stepped up for a leadership role, putting her impressive organizational and creative skills to use. She was an excellent soccer manager for the girls' travel soccer team for many years, and she also served as president of the Upper Dublin High School Lacrosse Booster Club. She helped with Girl Scouts and at school events. Her kids were always a priority for her. She went to their games and events and celebrated every achievement with a mother's joy. This was just last year when Lindsay won her award. She graduated. She was so proud of Wyatt and his academic success in his very challenging honors engineering program at Temple. I think that was the first day of school picture, maybe. And then this last past fall, Lindsay's impressive start to her Butler University Division I lacrosse experience. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> our family spent so much time together throughout our girls' childhood, camping with the church youth group, caroling at nursing homes, visiting Lafayette friends in New Hampshire, bringing the girls, remember this one? Bringing the girls to our beloved Lafayette for a soccer game, birthday parties, sporting events, fighting cancer through Relay for Life, and countless other fun times together. So Wyatt, I just had to include this picture because I had so many of Lynn's, and this one was so great of you with your biggest fan at the time, Michaela. <laughs> Heather had her exuberantly fun side. She loved to have a good time. She had a great sense of humor. And she, she was able to turn trauma, an attack by a goose, into comedy. She had her competitive side. This was last summer in Atlanta City. And she had her mischievous rebel side as well. <laughs> she loved sports and was a huge Philadelphia fan. Heather was an incredible friend and was loved by so many in her various communities. In the last several years, she reconnected with some really special high school friends. Her friend Helen, here today, shared some wonderful memories of Heather and their adventures of courage and fun. And check out this picture of Heather on the Harley. See her in action. She had a charm all her own that would make people smile and bring joy. So Heather and I had a special ladies quad ourselves with our dear friends Wendy Blum and Jen Spector. This was last summer. For years, we have celebrated each other's birthdays and experienced our kids growing up together. Wendy will always remember Heather as adventurous, independent, charitable, and showing great passion in everything she did. Jen remembers Heather with deep emotion and has shared the song Unconditionally by Katy Perry, and the words are in a frame out there, as a musical representation of our love for Heather. This past summer, the four of us were able to share two very special trips. First, to Atlantic City, where we hit the beach and escaped the room with seconds to spare 
with some random guy, John, who really helped us. <laughs> I don't think we would have gotten out otherwise. <laughs> and then we were off to New York City to see the musical Beautiful together. The smiles and fun we had together will be treasured always. Heather was one of my very best friends, and I miss her every day. But my memories of her and the light she brought to our lives continue to shine. And I know that she's with God, looking over all of us with love and joy unconditionally. Thank you. Our gospel reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, he replied, do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We gather together this morning to celebrate the life of our friend, Heather Schreiber. And as Suzanne and Stacy shared earlier, Heather was a beautiful, accomplished, and most of all, caring person. And the two words that keep coming up for me again and again to describe Heather are love and light. Because Heather simply shined. She radiated love and life. She cared deeply about and for others. And that is the reason that all of you are here today. Heather touched your life in some way, if only in a small way, if only in just her smile and her presence. Even those little things seem to make the day and the world a better place. 
Heather certainly touched my life these last six years as her pastor and friend. Uh, I remember the last project that we worked on, we um, had this idea to do a laid-back book study, a very non-intimidating book study to invite people to reflect on their faith. And I had found this book that I really loved called What is the Bible by by Rob Bell. And I said, I think you're going to love this. You know, Heather led Bible studies for years and years and years. And I sent it to her, and she read it in like two days, and she came back to me and said, let's do this. And we got together for dinner, and we put it all together, and that that book study continues to this day. And that little experience was a microcosm of what I knew and treasured about Heather. Her enthusiasm, her ability to see goodness and possibility, her encouraging way, her faith, and her desire to support other people. These qualities, these gifts, meant so much to me as I know they did to you. Here at church, as you heard, Heather traveled on our mission trip to Tanzania, taught Sunday school, went to the Appalachian Service Project, loved giving the messages at Chosen 300, and she never tired of telling us how proud she was of Wyatt and Lindsay. She loved her family and her church family and her wide circle of friends. And so in all of this, it is especially hard, especially hard and profoundly sad to see her light and that radiant vibrancy extinguished at such a young age. And it was hard, especially in this last year, to see Heather struggling so much underneath it all. And I'm reminded of a saying, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. A quote that comes from a Scottish minister, John Watson, back in 1897. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. You know, no person can fully comprehend another person's suffering. But we all suffer. And everyone, every person here is fighting a battle that we know nothing about. And at a moment when we feel so helpless, at a time when some of us are asking ourselves, what could we have done to help Heather more? This is something that we can do. We can be kind, as Heather, shaped by her own struggles, was kind to us. We can show empathy and understanding and compassion. We can check in on one another and show up for one another. We can love one another not from afar and not just in theory, but up close. None of our struggles are the same, but we all struggle, and we all need to know that we are not alone. The diabolical nature of suffering is that it not only afflicts us physically, emotionally, mentally, but it often separates us from one another. It may physically separate us, but more often we are separated by stigma or shame. And the loneliness that this creates actually compounds our suffering. So we ought to have heart and courage to reach out to one another. However, we often feel that we don't want to intrude. We don't want to overstep our bounds. But I can tell you in my experience that even if the person doesn't want to talk, the gesture of just reaching out is incredibly meaningful. And there are so many ways to reach out and show kindness that don't require needing to know anything specific about the circumstance. We can let people know that we see them, that we love them, and that they're not alone. And you did that for Heather. 
And this reaching out serves as a reminder that we are not only still connected to one another, but we are also connected to God. Because as it says in the letter to the Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not life, not death, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. Nothing we feel, nothing we do, neither depression nor anxiety nor despair, not even suicide. And we gather today to hear and claim that promise for Heather and for ourselves. Nothing, nothing at all can separate us from the love of God. Heather suffered in this last year, but now she suffers no more. On the cross, we see how Jesus joins us amidst our unimaginable sufferings. God was with Heather in the dark night of her soul, and God is with us now. And as we see time and again in the scriptures, God always finds a way to bring new life out of death, hope out of despair. And God has done that for Heather, and God will do it for us. Know today that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Neither your grief, nor your anger, nor your confusion, nor your questions, nor tears, nor heartbreak, no feeling, no thought can separate you from God. In fact, as the cross shows us, God is never as close to us as when we suffer. And here, God is near to us as our very breath, the beat of our hearts. Our gospel reading for today shows us this. It's one reading with two stories. A man named Jairus, a leader in the synagogue, tells Jesus that his daughter is sick and dying and begs Jesus to come and help her. And Jesus agrees, but on the way, he is pressed in by the crowds. And amidst the crowd, a woman comes who has been sick for many years, and she sneaks up and touches the hem of his garment, and she is healed. Jesus doesn't see it, but he feels it. And so he asks, who touched me? And when she comes forward, he blesses her, saying, go, your faith has made you well. In the meantime, this little girl, Jairus' daughter, has taken a turn for the worse, and people from Jairus' houses say, don't come, don't bother the teacher, it's too late, she is dead. But Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. And when he arrives at her bedside, he says to her, in Mark's version, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up, and she is saved. The stories of the old woman and the little girl are each wonderful stories in their own right. However, when Luke puts these stories together, placing the story of the woman together with the story of the little girl, he tells a story of healing inside a story of resurrection. Healing and resurrection. And that is what we are about here today. Together, these two stories tell a larger truth that either, neither one could fully tell on their own. And they hold two of the most iconic lines in all of Scripture. The old woman hears those words. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And Jesus says to the girl, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And I imagine God saying these same words to Heather. Arise, my daughter. I have saved you. Now live in peace. God has brought resurrection and healing to every part of Heather's life, every chapter of her story, from when she was a little girl to a woman, 
She, he has taken her hand. He has placed her now steady feet on solid ground. He has spoken the word of resurrection, and everything that once bound her has fallen away. Every part of her story has been redeemed, and she is whole and well in the arms of God. She is alive, and she is well, and she is free. Finally, some time ago when Heather was struggling, I uh, shared a quote with her from the 14th century Christian mystic named Julian of Norwich who wrote a book called The Revelations of Divine Love. And the quote was this, All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And Heather took that as her mantra. At times she would say it back to me. She'd say it or put it in an email or a text, All shall be well. She said it as a reminder, as a source of strength, and as a trust in the promise that somehow and in some way, in the love and mystery of God, that all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And we trust that it is well for Heather now. We trust that it will be well for us in time. That the love that we shared with her and with the love of God who loves us all will heal and sustain us amidst our tears. And in the hymn we'll sing in just a moment, we will sing it together. It is well, it is well with my soul. But for now, Heather, we love you. We thank God for you. We miss you. And we will see you again. Amen. Amen.